Attention car nerds, attention car nerds. This is a very special podcast. Hit it! Yes, indeed, this is a very special podcast. I got a chance to sit down with my friend Craig Jackson from the Barrett Jackson Auto Auction, and it's happening in Las Vegas this week. Yes, Thursday the 17th through the 19th, Las Vegas Convention Center. I highly recommend it. It is a lot of fun, and I'm glad that Craig made some time for us today. You guys give a listen to this. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is the chairman and CEO of the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auction, the best damn car auction on the planet. He has won numerous awards, including being named twice to Motor Trend's Top 50 Power List, as well as the coveted Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. He's a philanthropist with a big block heart, raising over $120 million to benefit veterans, children, and cancer research. Now. He is someone I've had the pleasure to work with, and because of my friendship with him, I got to sit in the original Batmobile that sold for $4.6 million. And the last time I cried, I was standing next to him. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, please help me welcome Mr. Craig Jackson. How are you, pal? I'm great. It's great to see you, and uh, it was also great to see you uh, stop by the auction. So we miss you very much. Uh, fellow car guy and uh, we're back from uh, our little stint with uh, COVID and Scottsdale really rocked and I was mm. glad to see you there. Yeah, it was great. I had so much fun. I came down to see you because it's it's an event. It's a lifestyle event. If you're a car person or you just want to go out and have a good time and see some exquisite cars and just have a great afternoon out, it's a whole lifestyle event. Uh, I highly recommend over 200,000 people come into that auction in Scottsdale. On a good year, it's 320,000. We did over 100,000 this past March. So, uh, you know, it is one of those big events. We did it with safety, but we everybody had fun in March. And they felt like it was like a real Barrett-Jackson. Uh, we timed it right. You know, we moved it from January to March, and the governor mm -hmm. opened up the state that week. And uh, got rid of the mask mandates for outdoors, and people were really happy about that. Yeah, it's a lot of, and it, it's 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 a family event too. I mean, your wife Carolyn and and everyone is there. It, it's it's you see the same people at the same stations. Uh, when I was working yeah. there, I really really enjoyed it. And one of the things, and I said in the intro, the last time I cried, I was standing next to you, and I believe it was when uh, the charity car, the Ford GT, the Heritage Edition, the VIN one that went for like $2.5 million to benefit the veterans. Yes, that was great. This this past auction, same uh, great charity. Uh, so did two and a half million for the first Hummer. Hmm. And that went to uh, uh, Tunnels to Towers. Is such a great charity. Uh, having you know our veterans up there that we appreciate and want to thank it does bring tears to your eyes when we bring those kind of numbers and your number from your intros uh wrong now we're up to 133 million so we did 5.8 million at this last auction for charity so uh 
people uh, really came out and enjoyed themselves and we're looking forward to Vegas. People want to get back to it. We will be the first public event at the new Las Vegas Convention Center that is opening up uh, the concrete show, which is B2B is the week before us. And then Barrett Jackson, brand new facility. That's great. And when is that, Craig? That is the 17th through the 19th of June. Okay, great. And that's in Vegas. 30 days. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, like I said, if you've never been, I mean, you've seen it on TV. You were the first collector car auction to be televised. Oh, by well over a decade. Mm -hmm. So we came up with the concept uh, when Speed Vision launched and then into Speed. But we've been on TV before. We did an hour with the Financial News Network uh, the year before we went on Speed. And uh, when we first did the first auction, Roger Mudd cut to us when he sold uh, a couple of very famous cars at our first auction. So uh, (laughs) it's been a long history. Yeah. Well, and like I said, it it is a lot of fun. I want you to take me through the process of how those cars get there. Let's say I'm a guy. I got a car. I got a 68 390 fastback. Okay. I want to sell it at Barrett Jackson. What, What do I have to do? The best way is you go to our website, you fill out a preliminary consignment form, submit it, and uh, we get those every morning, go back through them, contact you, and uh, that starts the process. And then we go through our car guys and we work on valuing it and getting the pictures that we need and pictures of the VIN numbers. Uh, pictures of the title so we want to make sure your title matches your VIN mm-hmm. and then we get into the talks what we think your car is worth and if we're all in a pretty much a meeting of the minds then uh, we give you a lot number and uh, then you ship the car now some people like this beautiful GT behind us ship them in ahead of time and we mm-hmm. do pieces on them so we we got about 50 cars in last week so the studio's pretty busy uh, shooting cars all week. So I do videos as well as we shoot great stills in here and, uh, start telling the story about these great cars. We have also just consigned a P one, uh, McLaren at no reserve. So you got a Ford GT, mm-hmm. this beautiful liquid red and a beautiful blue, uh, McLaren P one. So a couple of great supercars and, Great hot rods, great resto mods, uh, Ring Brothers uh, resto mod. So, you know, the car market's really strong right now. And I think what you saw in Scottsdale, you know, as we go through this process and we get these apps in, we decide sort of the mix of cars. Mm. And we went a lot more towards resto mods and SUVs and pickup trucks, and they broke the bank. I mean, selling a resto mod for $825,000, that was a bidding war. Wow. What car was that? It was a uh, Corvette. I'm trying to think whether it was a 57 or a 58. Uh, Green. I don't know if you saw it out there. The consigner builds the best cars. And we had two of the best resto mod builders. And uh, it, uh, it was quite a bidding battle. So oh. here's the thing I love about Restomots is you get the car, but it works. I mean, that's the best. You drive it. Yes. It, you can yes. actually drive it. You know, you're not, you're not driving. Yeah. You, you don't have drum brakes. You know, you're not on leaf springs. It's everything works. Everything is great. Yeah. The workmanship on this car was a, uh, 
like a mint green, but the engine, the interior. Uh, Kevin Hart, a fellow comedian, ended mm-hmm. up buying it. He was there, and uh, he was the lucky new owner. Yeah, I saw I saw him there. I didn't know that was the car he was bidding on. But, yeah, you get yeah. all that kind of stuff. That I, I saw, like I said, the 68 390 Fastback, the bullet car, is one of my favorites. But there was a guy there, I think it was when we were in West Palm, Craig, who who did a restaurant of a 67, which I kind of like the body style a little bit better. It's it's not as chunky as the 68, and he just did a great job. That thing went for $150,000, and it was just really, really well done. And it, we sold several cars on Saturday, resto mods, three, $400,000, one after another. Jeff Hayes' car, which was black with a red interior, another Corvette in the 400s. So, you know, the resto mods are coming on as people want to buy these cars. They love the look, but they want to really go out and drive them and yeah. run them on pump gas. And right now we are in the middle of running a Barrett Jackson road rally that started here from my collection last Thursday, and I'm flying to meet them on uh, Wednesday. So they are somewhere between here and Oregon currently <laughs> going up uh, the coast and it was a broad array, but a lot of resto mods, a lot of customs, a few stock cars on there, a couple of contemporary sports cars. But it's about getting out and driving your cars and going and seeing people. And you, know, you can follow along on our uh, Instagram and on our Facebook page with videos every day about those. Yeah, I I had so much fun when I, when I was there uh, uh, with April Rose. We would do the morning drive. And I get to, I get to drive yeah. a car every morning, and I mean a '49 Merc. I got one day. I had a couple of Jeeps. I got to drive. It's just it's a lot of fun, and I got to drive that car behind you, that Ford GT, not that one, but a Ford GT. Which first yeah. of all, that car is amazing. It vents out the tail lights. That's the kind of ingenuity it has in the the, the vent on the side. I'm pointing like the people because yeah. the vent on the side comes out the tail light, and it's a twin turbo V6. It's yeah. just a monster. No turbo lag at all. No, they did a great job on the car and you know, built it to go win Le Mans on the anniversary of 50 years of winning Le Mans the first time and out the gate it won Le Mans. Mm-hmm. So it's a I, very cool car. I wanted to ask you, because in doing my research, uh, I think, and I, 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 I think I'm right, I, I don't know, the 66 Shelby Cobra, the 427 Super Snake went for $5.5 million, I think in 2006. It did. Yeah. And it brought the same price again today. So everybody thought that it was way too much when we sold it to Ron Pratt. And mm-hmm. It went to another great Ford collector. Uh, great car. Uh, I love the car personally. Yeah. I had it parked over in my man cave with Little Red and the Green Hornet. And everybody's <laughs> like, you should buy it. You should buy it. <laughs> is, is that is that the one that rang the bell? Is that the... Uh... The biggest number you that was the highest price car carol's personal super snake with two blowers on it just like my 67 shelby little red with the two blowers but i got a lot of pictures of those three very historic named cars they all had nicknames from carol yeah so the green hornet little red and the super snake those were three of his favorites now the green hornet for those of you don't know it's the it was a, a exp it was an experimental car it was 67 no, the little red was the 67. It was the 68. Mm-hmm. So little red had two blowers and it's the one that we found that everybody knew was crushed. 
and uh, it was the predecessor to putting the two blowers on the Super Snake. And then it it made from it came the California Specials, and then the California Specials were so popular they wanted to make a nationwide version, so they built this prototype, which started life as a lime gold coupe that they put the Shelby back end on mm -hmm. and they decided not to do it. So they gave it to Shelby Automotive and they put Conlig, uh electronic multi-port fuel injection on it, independent rear suspension, four-wheel disc brakes, and then painted it that wild green color mm -hmm. and uses a development car and as luck would have it, I ended up with the two, the only two EXP 500 coupes ever made. So they live in my my personal little car barn, and I had the Super Snake backed in there too. I was like, it's quite a trio. Here. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I did not end up getting the Super Snake. My wife was happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I did go you? down on the auction block, and I bid on it a couple of times. One of my very good customers started bidding. I was like, you can have it, and someday it'll probably end up in my garage. Who knows? Ah, oh, that's it's a great. Now, do car. you go hunting for these cars? Do you like, uh, you know, when you it, do? How do they find their way to you? So the little red, we hunted it down. Jason Billups. We just did two documentaries that aired on the History Channel, mm -hmm. and uh, they're on our YouTube channel now. Plus all the outtakes. We had eighty hours of footage, and it showed us finding Little Red and how we found Little Red. And uh, it was quite an archaeological dig. And what's great about both these cars, we enlisted the kids of the people that built them originally and found the people that built them originally and went and interviewed them. Mm -hmm. So it's a great documentary. The, the gentleman on the Green Hornet that built the original fuel injection, he's the one that made the rest of the parts that we were missing and got it running. And the son of the gentleman that designed the IRS under the rear hunted down all the parts and helped us assemble the IRS for under the Hornet. And the gentleman that built Little Red originally retired into Arizona. We found him on social media or he found us and uh, through our crowdsourcing of putting this out everywhere. And it's, it's not necessarily the guys that worked at Shelby, it's their sons or their grandsons that see us on social or Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then we went and filmed all these people and, this last auction, I found the gentleman that built the super snake for Carol and went and interviewed him. So the, I'm trying to capture as much of this history while I still can, because right. we're only caretakers of these cars. So now's the time to restore them and put them back to the way they should be and capture the real story, not the myth, the legend. Most of the books are getting rewritten after finding these two cars. Yeah. Yeah, I, and, and I, I remember we, we were having a conversation that sometimes cars come in, they come and then they come back again. Yeah, yeah, quite a few. You know, the Super Snake, this third time we've sold the Super Snake. Who knows? I may sell it a fourth time. So <laughs> you know, great cars, great customers. But, you know, this is one of those auctions where because of COVID, we double-spaced all the cars. I don't know if you noticed when you were mm -hmm. there. They didn't want the cars jammed together with people trying to get between them. So we double space. So they limited us to about a thousand cars because we they want us to space everything out. All the aisleways were much wider, the way we single-lined a lot of the cars, so that we could keep the public flowing through. And that's how we got to our capacities. 
on our 74 acre auction site. But we still did $105 million in sales and the car prices were up 25 to 30% across the board. So there's money, there's pent up demand for great cars and people came out and took advantage of it and bought the cars of their dreams. A lot of them drove them home. Yeah. And the best, if you've never, if you're seeing it on TV is very exciting. If you're there live, it is when those cars start climbing and those numbers start coming up, it's an energy you can feel. Like I said, when that, when that car went for the charity and when I said I cried, I was standing next to you. We were doing, we were doing a, a TV yep. hit and I cried. And I didn't yep. want you to see me. And I looked at you, I went, ah, <laughs> shit, he's crying too. It's fine. <laughs> it was like, uh, when we help our veterans, and excuse me, get a water here. When we help our veterans and what they've done for us, mm -hmm. for us to be able to just raise money to help them, that is the least we can do for them. I mean, really, these guys yeah. have given their whole body and soul and lives, and we take it seriously. Yeah. I remember uh, when I did a piece on the Gary Sinise Jeep uh, to help the veterans. Uh, I got to meet a couple of the guys and they were just grateful that, that we were doing this. And I was like, it's, it's, it was our pleasure to do such a thing. Yep. Absolutely. Well, you know, we use our block and our presence to raise awareness for a lot of these great charities, as well as raise money for them. Mm -hmm. And it, it is truly our pleasure. You know, we started as a charity car show back in the sixties mm -hmm. and it evolved into an auction, but charity has always been a part of Barrett Jackson since day one. And, uh, you know, we just did a fundraiser this last weekend that started at Barrett Jackson. Uh, so we are very ingrained into this. Yeah. Yeah. And you were, uh, you were, you, you, your dad started it, uh, and your brother started it, and then, then, then you took yes. it over. And my mom. And your mom. Now, so you yep. born into She was a, very much involved. Yeah. So you're born into a car family. That's how you got into cars, I'm guessing, right? Absolutely. Uh, we're putting together a 50th anniversary book, and I've been hunting down all these pictures, but pictures of me at the first car shows and uh, winning my first trophies at the car shows and learning how to work on the cars. I was probably nine, 10 mm. when I started working on the cars. This guy named Willie taught me how to lead. And then as I grew up a little bit more, Von Dutch was our painter and our pinstriper when he used to live here. And he was wow. around the shop all the time. And he taught me a lot. Um, probably some things my mom didn't want to teach me, quite the potty <laughs> mouth, but... Uh, he was quite a character, but a real artist and craftsman. And I was lucky. In our new shop, we have a full metal shop, and we are restoring our first car. So the car that started it all, I bought it back a few years ago at the auction. The guy called to consign it, and I go, well, I want you to sell it to me. He goes, no, I want to put it across the auction block. I want you to bid on it at your own auction. So I went and sat in the front row and I was sitting next to Rick Hendrick and he kept lifting my arm up. I go, I'm about a hundred thousand where I want to be. And he kept lifting my arm up and going, son, I am enjoying the hell out of this. Because <laughs> you get to taste your own medicine. <laughs> and uh, I bought it back and then I was driving it to work one day and it overheated. So we pulled the front nose off of it to fix the radiator. And I was like, man, this thing really needs to be restored. So it was found in a junkyard. It's a 34 Cadillac V12 Opera Coupe. And uh, my mom actually drove it from Michigan to Arizona. 
on one of the trips to move it out here. And my brother, my dad restored it in Michigan before I was born. And uh, it ended up here and then they sold it the first auction. So we built a whole new full metal shop out back and we are fixing all the rust and stuff that, you know, it was in a junkyard is where it was found and they just let it over it all. But I'm cutting the panels out. We're making uh, proper patch pieces and we're gonna take it to Pebble next year. That's the goal. So we've already built the engine, the transmission, sent out all the porcelain and we're doing it completely frame off. When they did it in the garage, they didn't, they never took the body off it. So. Mm -hmm. This time it's getting a real first class, 100 point restoration. And I've been trying to collect a lot of the first cars. We bought back a few years ago, my brother's first car. So I have my brother's first car, the first collector car, our first family car, which my parents never sold in my first car. We're getting ready to resto mod that now. So I, I kept it all these years. And uh, I blew it up on Central Avenue drag racing it when I was 16 years old and parked it. And uh, now I'm gonna finish it off, but now I'm glad I didn't do it before because originally I was gonna put a Ram Air 4 engine in it. And now I'm gonna put an LT5 uh, General Motors uh, crate engine in it with you know all modern technology, upgrade the suspension all the way around and make it a car I can go drive again. So. We are doing these cars in our shop, so I keep pointing. It is literally the other side of this wall where we build cars here at corporate headquarters. So I love this stuff, and I love building cars and teaching people. So we built that car for Fender that we did on our YouTube series. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, now we're building, uh, I bought Simon Cowell's Bronco at the, la not this auction, January, the year before. And now we're going to trick it out a little bit more, just update it. And then we're going to dig into my Shelby we're doing right now. I have a 67 Shelby. That's a resto mod, but it's a real Shelby. So I'm trying not to cut the car up, but I'm putting IRS under the rear of it and a rack and pinion in the front. Mm -hmm. It's got an all aluminum 427 in it, but putting, putting better air conditioning in it, <laughs> yeah. tweaking it, but I'm not touching the body. So if I want to put it back, we can put it back. But it's going to look all stock, but be cool. Yeah. That's, so, I mean, just the kind of project I years like. old is when you started, you know, learning how to work on cars. When I was nine years old, because yeah. I got into cars because of my dad too. When I was nine years old, we quickly figured out that my job was to hold the light because I just didn't yes. have the. I'll advantage. tell you my jobs. So my brother gave me all the glamorous jobs. I got to steam clean, sandblast. <laughs> he taught me how to pick and file uh, stainless steel and then go use the buffer to buff it. So that meant I went home with a black streak all the way like this from the sitting there buffing all day and two holes for my goggles and my mask was. And uh, then I learned how to block sand. And, uh, you know, so he got me, then he taught me through, and a bunch of metal guys that we had that were in their sixties and seventies back then that had learned how to, do making fenders and how to pick and file and how to restore a car without using Bondo. And that was always my trademark. Once they taught me how to do that, right. and I've seen cars I restored 30, 40 years ago, and they still look great because they're not full of plastic. Yeah. They're all metal finished. And that's what we're doing to the Cadillac. So uh, I'm going to do some pieces on that. So I learned at a young age how to do it the right way. And uh, I... I don't think I was happy about it at the time necessarily, 
You haven't lived till you're outside underneath the car steam cleaning it when it's 110 outside or in a <laughs> plastic suit in the sun sandblasting something when it's 100 and some degrees outside. But it makes you tougher. <laughs> it, uh, it gave me a good work ethic. And uh, it's something that I'm trying to pass on to even guys that, you know, are in the trade nowadays, but they didn't really learn all this real craftsmanship. And mm -hmm. that's just what we're trying to teach. We're also trying to teach people with our shop how to make good choices. You know, just because you spend a lot of money on a car, resto modding it doesn't mean you're going to get your money out. Right. You need to pick how you spend the money on a car, what you do and what the value is of doing things. And uh, that's part of what we're trying to do with YouTube, uh, our little series we do, so we can educate people. That's been the whole premise of the auction with Mignante up there. How do we educate people and entertain them? So between Mike Joy and, and uh, Mr. Mignante, and when you guys, you and April were on there, and we still miss you guys and want you back. So we're lobbying all the time. <laughs> it's... How do you have humor and fun, but teach people things about cars? And that's yeah. the whole art of this. And that's why people watch us for hour after hour after hour. And our ratings have been great. I mean, the ratings, the ratings in March were phenomenal. So people have this pent up demand to watch real things going on in the real world. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it, it really is. You, you, it's a fascinating, if you're into cars, this is the place to be. If I want to restore a car, right? I yeah. assume the first thing you start off is a car that's, you know, worth restoring, you know, something that's. Well, that's part of what we're doing next is a good question. So originally we were going to take a Z28 we had, and we were thinking, oh, let's tweak it a little bit. The more I looked over the car, I go, this is way too good a car mm -hmm. to tweak or resto mod. Let's just sell this car. So we went and got a Dynacore body and we're building a 69 Camaro from parts. So it is starting with not even a real car. But if you're going to build a resto mod, most people should go find a six cylinder or something like that. You don't take a, a nice car or a rare car. Now, getting a really nice car that maybe wasn't a low horsepower, what had a low horsepower engine and doing an engine swap and some suspension upgrades and some brake upgrades saves you from having to do the whole car. So mm. that's how originally we're going to do the, the Camaro. And the more I looked around, I'm like, this thing's way too nice. It got way too many good parts on it right. to take them off this car. Let's sell it and let's take it a different step. Let's start from nothing. Let's build it from clicking on mouse and buying parts and having them show up and, uh, build a car from scratch. Yeah. Well, also the quality of, of the build is something like every time when I was there walking around and shooting stuff, the fit and finish on everything, the standards you have to be at this auction, uh, I, I thought was really, really well done. There was, there was nothing there that, that did not belong there. Yes. And that was, if you only got a thousand cars, pick the thousand best ones. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're all super expensive but we had i think great diversity plus all the motorcycles the collections and we set 95 world records at this last auction really? so that goes to the quality of the cars yeah and also the uh, uh automobilia you have the auctions before of all the uh all the stuff that that's connected oh. to cars the, the great old signs the big old texaco signs and everything is there and yeah. that runs for two days before the cars kick in 
at Scottsdale. And then at like Vegas, it'll be every morning. Usually we start like nine till like 11 and then we'll start cars. Mm -hmm. And then we go live on TV usually every day at noontime. Yeah. What's a car that got away, Craig? You got one? Oh, I've had a lot that I've sold. Some I've regretted. Uh, I sold a Dallahay that I really loved. I thought about it. And then when he offered it back to me, I went and looked at it. And I was like, you know, maybe I don't want it back. It's just <laughs> time goes on and you, you, you think you really miss the car. But there are certain cars that I'm still looking for. Um, but I've really, my taste has changed. It's evolved over the decades. I used to restore from my dad, Tom Barrett and Don Williams, all the world's greatest pre-war cars mm -hmm. from my dad. He, he liked Fagoni, Flashy, Dallahays, so I restored several of those. For Barrett and Don Williams, I did Hispanos, I saw the Fercinis, I did all sorts of, but all the world great pre-war cars. Mm -hmm. I like, you know, and I just did a Tabo Lago for myself. And that's probably that and this Cadillac we're doing will probably be some of the last pre-war cars I'll build stock. Um, I've been buying up some, uh, I think, are going to be uh, great coach builders of the futures cars. Some of the, some of the modern day hot rod builders where they're building these one-off hot rods and you know, I like that. I like the modern craftsmanship, but something I can take out and drive and enjoy. Mm -hmm. And uh, my collection is very diverse from Dan Gurney's uh, AAR Cuda that he raced in Trans Am that they made Hot Wheels after. And I vintage race. I love, uh, I love all sorts of cars. But, you know, th there hasn't really been too many that I've gone after that I haven't got. There's right. some I sold and I wished I wouldn't have. I had a uh, short wheelbase 250 California Spider covered headlight car. And, you know, I sold it, made 400 grand back in the day. I thought I killed it. And that's probably a 12 to, well, it was 12 million when it sold one time. The next time it was closer to 20 million. Um, you know, I'll never probably own that car again. And I only sold it for one reason. I bought it to go on the Colorado Grand. I got it. I'm like, I am not driving this car a thousand miles. I was like <laughs> hunched up. My knees are in the dash, the steering wheel. I can't, I'm driving it bow-legged, shifting it like this. I'm like, yeah, I'm not driving this thing a thousand miles. I need a long wheelbase. I need a little bit of leg room. <laughs> For, I'm not that tall, but I have long legs, which whenever I get in a, in a car with a small cockpit from the, the pedals to the steering wheel to the dash, yeah. Um, it's not a fun experience, especially if I'm going to drive it a long distance, but yeah. that's one I probably should have kept because I just love the look of it. But it's one of those things you think somebody gives you an instant profit and you think, I'm going to broom it and get something else. I bought an XKSS after that for my rally car. Didn't really enjoy driving it a thousand miles either, so I <laughs> sold it. So I've had some great cars go through my hands that... Uh, you know, I probably should have kept, but I believe in driving my cars. Yeah. And if I don't really enjoy driving it, then it's a potted plant that I just look at. And I typically drive all my cars. Some people think I'm nuts that I take them out and drive them. And, you know, I drove Little Red and the Hornet last week. You know, they're very expensive one-off cars, but I drove the 66 Shelby four-speed convertible. They made four of those, two four-speeds, and I drive it quite a bit. We just did the engine in it because I said it wasn't running right. And I was right. The cam was flat in it.
So, yeah, I had the experience. Like one of my favorite cars, a '39 Bugatti, and uh, I got in it, and I went, "Okay, now it's my favorite car to look at." But I can't. It's, I can't drive. It's too. It's too cramped even for me, and I'm a little guy. Yeah, those were made for people much smaller uh, back in the day. Yeah, I had uh, a great memory. My father's the uh, the car of uh, the legendary car in my family was a, a '57 Starfire Alls J2. My father put a Continental hmm. kit on, button tucked the interior, and we were in. I don't think I think we we're in West Palm again, and it was a blue one. And I turned the corner, and boom, there it was. And I got to sit next to Stalupi when he bid on the car. And I just, I took a pic. My mother cried because I took a picture with the car. Uh, and I, I was so nervous. Craig, I was it's not my money. And I'm sitting there like this. And he's just throwing money out. And I'm like, I'm so nervous when he was bidding on it. But the emotion connected to that car and actually being there when he bought it and knowing it's at a good home, it just, it's, I highly recommend going to Barrett Jackson Auto Auction. It's a lot of fun for you and the whole family. You guys do a great job, and I was I was very proud to be a part of it. I hope I get to see you soon, my friend, and I appreciate you taking the time. Well, it's whenever I can talk about cars, and we miss having you around. You are always a riot to have <laughs> on the site. And uh, was watching you this last weekend. I uh, see you have some of the Top Gear stuff in the back yeah. there, but uh, watching some of the episodes, the ones where you were in Alaska <laughs> building a convertible, that one was hilarious. <laughs> So that was fun. Miss yeah. seeing you. Yeah, we dropped that one from a helicopter. Well, I hope I get to see you soon, my friend. Best to Carolyn and the family. Uh, continued success, and let's laugh again soon, okay? Absolutely. Go to Barrett-Jackson.com. You can check out all these videos I've been talking about. Thank you very much. You too, brother. Be well and be happy. Bye. <laughs>